Happy Halloween from the Thrill Me podcast. I'm your host, Adam. Jared. Adam. Enjoying this, the, uh, the festivities? Yeah. As much as you can in Australia, I guess. Yeah, yeah we're obviously uh, not exactly... Um, it's not big in Australia. Yeah, look, Although, I, I must I, admit, I've seen a hell of a lot more costumes and, and gear and stuff in the shops. Yeah, it's taking off a usually. little bit. Um, but, I, you know, if I was a young person, I probably still wouldn't trick or treat because you still, I'd imagine you still get a few looks of like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how old are you? What the fuck are you doing, Eddie? We carved a couple of pumpkins. Check yeah. the Facebook page because I might drop a photo or two. Of the shit that I produced. Oh, we might have to have a smackdown. Yeah, gonna, gonna, put some photos out. I'm going to pop that's right out. That shit. But um, good to be involved in a Halloween podcast for the first time. Hmm. We've decided to steer away from the Halloween franchise. Could be We kicked the shit out of that. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we kicked the shit out of the Halloween franchise quite a bit. So we chose not to go down that route. Mm. We've gone down the anthology horror route. Yes. Um, a little film from 2007, Trick or Treat. Before we get to that, have you been watching anything at all? Uh, I know you've been not... just, you've finished up uni. Yeah, well, just. Um, so I haven't had a chance to jump into anything yet. Pretty much still the same. Just a, just one or two episodes of Breaking Bad. Though, I did today notice that Kung Fury had hit uh, Netflix <laughs> So I couldn't help myself. I too noticed that. I couldn't help myself. I had to have another look. And it's piss funny. Absolutely <laughs> love it. It's the, the bits where, you know, like when he's sitting there in his, uh, in his sort of rooftop apartment and he gets the call that they need backup and he's, you know, his missus says, what are you doing? And he's like, my job. And then goes fly kicking out the wall and stuff. <laughs> and my, I think my favourite's where she, she comes over and grabs him on the arm and he goes, hmm, that's my bicep. <laughs> Let's face it, Kung Fury's not too far from Cobra. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, uh, if you haven't seen it and you've got half an hour to kill. Yeah, I'll be do it. I noticed funny. it was there and I, I quickly added it to the list. Yeah, really funny. My watching was also a little bit uh, stale, stagnant. Um, I watched Scream Queens episode five. Ah, still on it? Yeah, still on it. Look, it's still okay. It's just a little bit too sort of comedic for my taste. Mm-hmm. That's why I like the Scream TV series as opposed to this one. Yeah. I like this one. Like I've, I must admit I've pissed myself laughing a couple of times. Well, plenty of people were laughing at the Scream TV series for other reasons. Yeah, but... but you I, know, I'm like, with you. I enjoyed it. I, look, Scream Queens has got me for the moment and I'll stay in, but I just get this feeling that it's going to possibly lose me a little bit further down the track, perhaps second season if it gets another go, mm-hmm. just because it's just so... Over the top. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going for something different. Yeah, but I must admit I have laughed very heavily a couple of times. I watched My Bloody Valentine, the original. Yeah. Just was looking for something to watch, pulled out My Bloody Valentine, enjoyed it. Yeah. I love it. I must say, for years I used to take the piss out of you for saying it was all right because yeah. I thought it was a piece of shit, and then when I watched it most recently... I thought, yeah, this is it's pretty good actually. It's still, <laughs> it still holds up. I think the part that I the thing that I like about it that sets it apart is that sort of blue collar style. Um, mm. They're not teenagers; they're kind of a bit older. There's a blue collar work ethic to the whole thing. The mine, all that stuff. The miner looks great. You know, it's a really cool costume. Yep, great costume. And the uncut version is is better. 
the gore mm. adds this little, an extra little kick in the guts yeah. that was would have been missing when you saw it on the, in the cinemas when it first came out. So I enjoyed it. And the last one, I delved into Sandler. Wow. Just go with it. Oh. Look, I got a couple of laughs. I did get a couple of laughs. Look, sometimes I am a fucking buffoon. So uh, sometimes ooh. I'll laugh at Sandler's shtick. I was going to say, it dulled your brain so much by that point that you just kind of, you were just numb in the head. And yeah, all you could, look, the only reaction you could have was a bit of a... <laughs> the thing about Sandler is, give me 90 minutes and I'll probably give it an extra star. Yeah. Because the guy gets a laugh out of me. Sometimes. No, look. Problem is, he pushes this shit out to two hours. Yeah, it's fucking look, ridiculous. He needs to get off this romantic comedy stuff. Well, who am I to talk? Because the guy's still making lots of money, and that's why he keeps getting. He's done. He's trying to deal with Netflix. Think about, with the, Netflix. think about the Netflix deal just for a second. I was talking to, the, to a bloke at work about it today. He that Netflix deal's worth eighty million dollars, right? Mm. For four films, that's yep. exactly what he would get with a studio twenty million a picture. Yep. Right. He's not getting back end profits, so. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Nobody's pointing to it and going, fuck that bombed at the box office. Yeah. Because Netflix never tells you what the, the numbers were. I keep saying it, mate. This is this is the game changer. Is this Netflix possibly going to end theatres and stuff? I don't think it'll ever do that because there's still I think there's still the demand for that, the night out, and you, you can never replicate that experience at home no matter how hard you try unless yeah. unless you are a millionaire, a billionaire, whatever, and You've can actually do a cinema in your house. Man. I don't care how good your, your surround sound is and you cannot replicate that in, in most normal homes. So there's always going to be a demand for that, but I just think the fact that they're cutting out the middleman and they're making this content and they're going direct to people uh, you know, they're, they're going off what they're seeing on the internet. What are people demanding? They're not just, it's not necessarily just the, the same model that we're working on where the executives or whatever just pull out this and that and don't sort of, uh, I, I think that the audience has a bit more of a say. Yeah. And they're not, they're, they're not, um, they're not bowing to cinemas. They're not bowing to uh, sponsorship deals or merchandise deals with Maccas and yeah. things like that. They're just doing what they want. And it's because they can. Because they can. Billions of dollars. I said. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but from what I've heard, it's it's more of a case where Netflix will just say, "Here's the cash," and and sort of step away and let let the guys do it. Obviously, they're going to have some sort of input, but I don't think it's as I don't think it's the same as the studio system where the executives meddle as much. Yeah, and think about it, Sandler's fans, which he has a pretty big following. That they're going to realise, shit, I can't actually get his next four movies unless I get Netflix. Yeah, exactly. So that's suddenly what they're going for. they got Netflix. They get this exclusive content and that's that, that's what they're counting on, people paying their 15 bucks a month or whatever, more people doing that. And I think, his first movie I think is released game across, the, across the Netflix fucking universe yeah. in, in December, I think. Yeah. It's becoming that. It's You can already look at, see what's being released at the cinemas and how many session times that there are a day. It's becoming exactly what we were thinking where... The two hundred million dollar pitches get all the sessions, and nothing else is on at the cinemas. You yeah, know? like so. There's got to be, so way, there's be somewhere else for them to middle, go. Middle ground. Yeah, exactly. which I think is great. I think it's great. Um, I, I prefer it wasn't necessarily Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah exactly. Deal. But I mean, but, I could see something like Bloomhouse or Eli Roth or someone doing that and making a Netflix horror section that becomes it fills the void of the old, you know, um, Saturday night. Guy dressed up as a vampire on your TV playing a, a horror movie yeah, of the week. Yeah, yeah. Instead of that, every six months you got an Eli Roth movie or, you yeah. know, something like that. Yeah, that's actually good. And look, 
Sandler, for all the shit he cops, this is a very smart deal for him. It's a very and he smart has made deal. a very good move. Yeah, he's just he's just doing exactly what executives are asking him to do. I mean, I'd prefer, but he's doing it on his own terms here. I'd, yeah, I'd prefer. Look, I'd prefer he got away from the romantic comedy and that sort of stuff and did more like the Waterboy. Yeah, I'd actually, I actually, mean, I, I could still go back I and get a few laughs out of the Waterboy regularly. It's a bit a bit stupid, but it's a bit of fun. It's got a few laughs, you know. Call me low brow, but the guy that you can't understand, I laugh at him every time. <laughs> What's his name? Farmer Fran or whatever. I just like the, the towel boy. The towel boy. He yeah, ran into a laundry list of problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he gets belted. Um, but I, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, and I think it's a really good idea. So really, not a big list of things to watch this week. No, not not there. But. Let's take our break and get into 2007's Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat! This is the one night that all sorts of things roam free. Sorry. All these traditions. Wait, wait. Oh, what? You're supposed to keep it lit. Why? Ancient tradition? Putting on costumes. I look like I'm five. You look great. What did we do now? We meet our dates. Jack-o'-lanterns. Why are we here? To pay our respects to the dead? The Halloween school bus massacre. They started to protect us, but... Morning, guys. How are you doing down there? Hiding bodies? <laughs> Nowadays, no one really cares. This one's the lit. Okay, 2007's Trick or Treat, or Trick R Treat. Trick or Treat. Yeah. I believe they uh, they had some problems because of the, a previous Trick or Treat from the 80s. Right. The one with Gene Simmons and Skippy from Family Ties. I might have to try and find that. I one think a lot of people are having problems with yeah, that. Yeah, shit. <laughs> directed, written and directed by Michael Doherty, who did X2 and Superman Returns. Ugh. Jesus. Produced, <laughs> X2 was really good. Produced by Brian Singer. Obviously, he handled the X-Men films and The Usual Suspects. It stars Anna Paquin from True Blood and X-Men, or as I have seen to have written here, Tour Blood. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, my quality research and professionalism comes to the fore. As Laurie, Brian Cox from Manhunter, The Born Identity and Braveheart. He's Mr. Krieg. And Dylan Baker from the Spider-Man films. He's Steven. The budget for this was $12 million. And the best I could find was it made about $7 million domestic DVD sales. I don't know if it actually even went to the cinemas. No. I'm pretty sure it didn't. Well, I think it got screwed around. got yeah. screwed around I for think, two years. Just, just to sort of touch on, I said 2007. I think the movie was made in 2007 and didn't actually get released until about 2009. Yeah, we didn't see it for a while. Sure. I mean, I, we were hanging for it. I, I kept hearing about it on horror websites and stuff, and they were yeah. all waiting for it. But then it came out in America, but then, of course, we even had to wait a little bit longer in Australia. Of course. A bit of trivia. The original title of this film was Season's Greetings, mm. but it was changed, obviously, because that sounds like fucking Christmas. There's a comic and a sequel on the way, too. So. A sequel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Quick synopsis is basically an anthology horror film centred around um, Halloween night. There's four stories, basically. Mm. Pretty much there's probably three four in the frame. Half. Yeah. And it, it follows these characters who are sort of intertwined throughout. And it's kind of almost not narrated, but 
almost um, there's a, a main character who's seen in every story called Sam. Yeah. A little, little boy with the burlap sack on his head. General thoughts, Jared? Uh, I'm a big fan of this one. I love it. I like anthologies. I like the sort of self-contained <laughs> 10 or 15-minute story. I like the sort of collection of them. Uh, I enjoy things like The Twilight Zone. So this this movie's right up my alley. And I just think it, it's it's an absolute gem for, for Halloween. I know there's certain, some people that like to, you know, this time of year like to delve into the horror movie collection. If you're not watching Halloween, I think this is probably the next best thing to be dusted off. Or Halloween 6, the producer's oh, No, no, no one's watching that, but... Continue. I think <laughs> I think this one's probably the next best thing to be dusting off the shelf. Out of five? Um, as the Halloween movie. I would probably go a four. I would totally agree. Uh, I've seen, I had seen this before, and I'm like you. I, I like anthology horror. Um, there's something about that... Those short stories with a little twist at the end that just gives you a nice payoff. Yeah. What I Short like about sweet. Yeah, even more about this is all of them are intertwined. There's yes. a payoff at each end, but there's also the intertwined yep. um, connector at the end, and I think it really works well. Yep. It's really well made, and I'm kind of disappointed it didn't see a, a bit of box office life. Mm. I think it because it could have done some good things for anthology horror, perhaps even brought it back. Yeah. I think it is that well made. Well, there seems to be this thing about it that anthology horror went through this period where no, no, it's really difficult to get one out there. But now there's been a little bit of a kick and there's yeah, a couple yeah. out there at the moment. But I I really like this one. I think yeah. this one's a, an absolute gem. I, I like just getting into that sort of like side of things. I like there's a really fun vibe to it. There's a yeah. really entertaining vibe to it. And... Being from Australia uh, and not having an understanding, a deep understanding of Halloween, you know, as a holiday, I think it it comes across really well on yeah. the screen. I think it really. I don't have a lot of experience either. Obviously, um, I was in America once over Halloween and tried to get amongst it. Went to the Halloween parade in New York and that sort of thing. But from what we've the experience we've got. It catches the vibe of Halloween really well, and it carries it through the film. Like all the lighting, you've got a lot of the lighting being that sort of glow off jack o' lanterns, or yeah. or a nice sort of blue um, yeah. dark night with you know blue sky and the, the moon yeah, out and things yeah, like yeah. that. It seems to have that re- that tone about it spot on. Um, it almost looks to me like a comic book. Really, yeah, really great exactly. colours to it. And yeah, that's that's one of the best things about it that it catches that tone really well. And just for our listeners out there from America. Drop us a line at our email address, thrillme at iinet.net.au, and just let us know what it's like to have Hall- like what it's like to be in America having Halloween. What kind of you know? What's the feel of it? Does this sort of movie cover it? Because we don't have that kind of we don't have that kind of understanding. Mm. For me, I understand what Halloween looks like from American movies. Yeah, it's um, more an excuse to have a party over here. Yeah, over eighteens. Yeah, we usually get on the piss. Go out to the club and have a Halloween, <laughs> Halloween yeah. party, but you don't get kids trick-or-treating. You don't see jack-o'-lanterns. Well, you do occasionally get kids, but it's really kind of looked very, upon as a very bit of a... Very, very rarely. Yeah. Some people almost take offence to it. I'm one of these people that's like, fuck, lighten up. It's it's good fun. But yeah. some people are like, nah, it's not Australian. Oh, fuck. Get fun. Pull your head. <laughs> yeah, so send us an email. Anyone from our American listeners who just wants to give us a line as to how, how Halloween sort of plays out for them. In America, it'd be great because we'd really like to sort of get an understanding of it. I love the comic book intro. 
Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Like, it reminds me of Creepshow. Yeah. Like, if you watch Creepshow again, it has that comic book start. And goes out the same way. Yeah, yeah. And I really um, like that. The other thing about the intro is the, the I think very Tales beginning. might have had a, a cartoon series, which was kind of similar. It was more yeah. for kids, but it had that same sort of look of the um, Creepshow animation. Yeah. The other the other part of the intro, when it actually kicks into the, the live action stuff... It's very reminiscent of Halloween. The music and the not the not the occasion Halloween, the movie Halloween. Mm. The the music and the um, seeing things from Sam's point of view for a little bit, mm. where he's walking around. It, it gives you five or ten seconds there. I, th- I was like, that's just Halloween, you know. Yeah. So that was really cool too. I like Sam. Yeah, he's looks kind great. of an interesting guide. Looks great. This movie. And he's just sort of overseeing things until he gets involved. And yeah, yeah. He's just kind of always sort of shuffling around in the stories and not mm. getting involved, but he's kind of like a guide. Yeah. Yet he doesn't speak. Yep. And I kind of like that because it's still a kind of creepy sort of thing about him. Yeah. I'll tell you what the creepiest scene in the entire movie is. The bit where the girl at the start, she's cleaning up the Halloween, she looks over and sees that guy standing there and sort of staring at her. That was Halloween-ish yeah, too. Yeah, she keeps looking at him and keeps looking at him and, keep, and the camera keeps going closer, closer, closer. Yeah. Then a car pulls up and he goes, where the fuck have you guys been? Yeah, yeah, that was good actually. I thought that was good. There's some darkly humorous moments. Mm, there uh, is. Especially when, during the teacher trying to bury the fucking body in the backyard. Yeah, yeah, and the kid keeps piping up. Yeah, and he's like, fucking shut up. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I kind of, I really like that because it, t- it kind of lightens the tone a little bit. Yep. I do like the fact that it lightens the tone. Yep. And it just takes that edge off and and you just sort of get a bit of a laugh to start with. Yeah. You get those laughs and everything, but I just, watching it again, I was just blown away by how stylish it is. Mm. There's so many so many little things I noticed, like some great shots, like the bus going over the edge of the, yeah, and then edge of the thing. Yeah, and it goes over the edge and then it, it sort of, the camera comes forward and then tilts yeah, down yeah. and the bus is and sort of dribbling away into the... Water, um, and it's got it's got a lot of moments like that where you just kind of look at it and just think that looks fantastic. Mm. But it's also got all the elements that you could want in a Halloween movie. Like it's got it's got urban legends. It's got the cruel the, the, the cruel prank from the teenagers. Yeah. It's got mayhem, murder, monsters. Yeah. It's got like it's got everything. Yeah, I always love the uh, razor blade and the candy bars. Yeah, yeah, and the old prick that doesn't like anyone trick or treating. Yeah, yeah. He can't seem to... He wants everyone to fuck off and leave him alone. Yeah. Yeah, reminiscent of Australia. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's short and sweet. It's about... Eight, it's less than 80 minutes. I think it's about uh, 72 minutes. Yeah, but I think With if cre- you... Are, without credits. Without yeah. credits, it's about 75. Yeah. yeah. Um, short and sweet. Never overstays its welcome. No. At no stage do I feel, oh, fuck, this thing's got to get moving. You know, this yeah, story yeah. doesn't work for me. Let's move past it and get to the next bit. Yep. I think it always sort of makes you feel... This story's going to move to the next one, and we're going to, and, and you're going to, you know, you're sort of enjoying this one, but we're just going to cut away briefly and go here. Mm. I kind of like that. It probably slightly segues into a slight dislike, and I'll get to that. But it's short and sweet, and it never, ever gets tired. It never tires its way out quickly. Yeah. I, lo- I think the best story is the school bus. Yeah. I think that's, to me, that I like that one the most. Just I think it's because it's got a sort of a high schoolish vibe to it too, the young kids who were playing a prank and everything yep. like that. I think I did like that one. That one was high for me until the end, um, and I'll probably go into that in the dislikes. Um, I think my favourite is the, the, the um, Anna Pack ones. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that, oh, that's, that's the close second for me. I think... 
looking back at it this time, there was a couple of things that made it really obvious that I didn't pick up on the first time. And again, I'll go into that on the dislikes, but I think that one was just a really cool sort of twist. Again, like like I said, it had all the elements, it, it had the tone right. And it also, the, the final scene, I'm not a big fan of Ma- Marilyn Manson, but his, his version, version of, of Sweet um, Dreams, yeah, sweet dreams over yeah. the top of... Top of the, the partying, partying and the nudity and the, yeah, and the, the werewolf changing. Yes. I'm just going to spoil this story, so turn off if you haven't seen it. When they're turning into the werewolves, that having sweet dreams over the top of it was just yeah, That was one of those things that I was talking about with the style. Mm. Just that scene going on, that music was perfect with it. I love the way they, they turn. Yeah. They don't just burst out of their skin. They rip it off like yeah, it's their, yeah. their clothing. They yeah. kind of go and just yep. pull it off in big chunks. I thought that was really cool. Yep. And agreed with the, I agree with the music. That song just finishes that scene off perfectly. Mm. It's just beautifully done. I do like that the fact that all the stories intertwine. I think that that you that always is... see somebody somewhere. Yeah. In the other stories, and it's you know it's non-linear, but. Um, even even after you know that, you still get this really nice jolt when you see, oh shit, that's where it intertwines with the other story. Yeah, you know it's you kind of know it's happening, but when it's when it happens, you're still like a little bit of oh yeah shit, we're right in the middle of that story. Yeah, exactly. It's actually I actually think it's the best thing about it. This is what sets it apart as one of the great anthology movies is that the intertwining is what makes some of the stories work when some yeah, of the Yeah, whereas your classic stuff. anthology is three stories with a book in. Yeah, and maybe a maybe a, a, an element that was running through them but not necessarily all intertwined as much as these were. Yeah. Um, they're all basically parts of the same story and it was really, really cool. It's what makes it... It's what makes it... Um, I think it's what differentiates it from yeah. a lot of the others. And, you know, one of the stories that's... One or two of the stories that might be lacking a little bit um, as a standalone piece is wrapped up with a really nice kicker that relates to one of the other stories, you know? Exactly. Any other big likes for you? Again, back to the stylish sort of aspect. The bus story, I think that was the, the real winner for this, the style aspect. Uh, you, we talked about the, the bus going over the edge, but there was another really cool bit when they're going down the elevator and... They can't see anyone and it's all covered in fog, but you can see the light of the jack-o'-lanterns yeah. and the kids that are down there mm. and they're starting to drop off. The kid, You see the kids seem like they're in a bit of trouble and then the jack-o'-lanterns start going out. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. It was so good to look at. <clears throat> Very good to look at. And yeah. For a $12 million budget, it, it looks much, much more than that. Yeah. It was just really stylish setups the whole way and I think, again, it added to the movie. Just It was just another, another element. And a good cast. Really good cast. Not yeah. not sort of nobodies. Uh, I could only assume you're talking, you know, Brian Cox, you're talking Anna Paquin, both were in the X-Men films. Yep. Um, this guy's obviously written one of them or several of them. Yes. You know, it's. I'd see it, I could see it, and Brian Singer's involved as a producer. I could see it as being more of a, you know, look, you know, we've got this movie on the side. Yeah. Be interested, and I think that they all sort of came to the party on that. And, yeah. yeah, they all do their job. I think they're very all very good in their roles. Yep. Um, I think the last the last like is the the genuine surprise you got out of the twists for the first first time you watched it. Mm. I think three out of the four pieces you got a real kicker. Yeah. To finish them off. Yeah, I would agree. So that's that's a very uh, very important part of anthology stories. 
Yeah. Um, they're sort of noted for having a bit of a twist at the end. Or Well, they have to. I mean, you, you can't just give me a story about something that that doesn't sort of end with a little bit of some, you know, to kind of keep you hooked. Well, you don't have enough time. story to go. Well, basically, the thing about short stories is you don't have enough time to develop characters. Yeah, so, so it's got to be a kick. It's got to be something. Yeah, good. you're hanging on the story and a bit of a kicker. And um, like I said, three out of the four did that really well. Yeah. Dislikes, mate. I guess going to the bus one, I mentioned that I had a bit of a problem with the ending. Mm. That's the one for me that doesn't have a kicker. It kind yeah. of has a pretty obvious ending. Yeah. So although I really like that story, I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for those sort of urban legend yeah. uh, setups in these anthology things. And, yeah, playing a nasty prank on somebody, that type yeah, of thing. I like yeah, that. That's why I like that story. Um, I just thought the end was a little cold. There wasn't much there. Yeah, but it um, kind of... It's set up a later, later Yeah, yeah, kick. it kind of sets up the final kicker. Yeah, exactly. So in a way, it's almost as if we don't really have... That's not the kicker. Yeah. Well, that's so, not the ending. That's The, the ending's really the end. And that's exactly what I mean by basically they're all parts of the one big story. Yeah, yeah. And that's why the intertwining of all the stories is so good in this movie. But it just felt like when you were watching it the first time around as an anthology piece... That, for me, just felt like a little bit of a... It just felt like the dead spot. Yeah, maybe, but I can kind of forgive that. Well, because I forgive I, it. Because watching it again, I realised, yeah. I forgive it because I it see does, where it was going. It does set it up later, but in the moment when you're watching that, it is a little bit of a little bit of a downer. Yeah. I, I thought early on the jumping back and forth between stories just slowed the momentum slightly, and it took me a few minutes to kind of get used to it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it, just, just for a couple of minutes, I was kind of like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm not going to remember who's doing what. Yeah, but yeah. the story then, but then the, the movie sort of then straightens itself out and gives you lengthy periods of both of the, the key stories. Yeah, um, yeah. So it it's not a big deal for me. It just took me a few minutes to get fucking used to where are we? What's who's who's who? Yeah, and what's the connections? The last story is the least engaging, even though it has yeah. the kicker that that that, that grabs pulls everything together. Yep. It's just not very engaging because there's not really it's, much going on. The entire story is carried by Sam. Yeah. I think the fact that he looks so cool and when they finally take the burlap sack off his head, I think it's just a really well-designed character. It looks great. See, my, I had a slight problem with that. I thought he looked like the character out of Mac and Me. <laughs> right. He looked a little bit sort of... I don't know. It didn't, didn't, didn't like quite that. work for me. Yeah. Um, well, not, that was for me. That was the that was the thing that held the last story together until the end was the fact that he looked really cool. I thought the the bit that gives that story any sort of punch is the idea of that he was in he was driving the bus and all that sort of stuff. The kick at the spoiler, end. spoiler. <sighs> sorry, apologies. Spoiler Jesus, my you know this was, only had seven million domestic sales. There's not a lot of people that's seen it. Yeah, that's right. You but got a spoiler alert. This so time. I apologise. <laughs> spoiler. Fuck. But again, it's a, it's a. It's a minor quibbles for me. It's a bit of a nothing story, that one. Yeah. Um, but it's only used for that purpose. Yeah. But I think, as I said, a lot of the movie is really stylish, and I, I'm I'm a big fan of the way Sam looks. I think that was one of the stylish aspects. Even with the sack off, I thought he was a, thought he was a winner. I looked. I thought he looked better with the sack on. <laughs> <laughs> so the sack. Once they put the sack back on Mac and me, we yeah. we're back in back in business. But yeah, I, I would agree, I would probably agree with that. That's the weakest one. In terms of a story. Yeah. There's it doesn't not, really have any. There's not really a story there. The story is you're a cranky old bastard and you're getting attacked. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, there's no real sort of payoff so other than the, like a big... Yeah, it's part. sort of 10 or 15 minutes where 
30 seconds at the end kind of makes it worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. Well, it probably isn't even 10 or 15. It's probably the shortest of the I think lot. it's about 10. The two big stories in the middle are longer, the, yeah, the bus yeah. and, the, and the werewolf. That's where they use up most of their time. Yep. Because even um, the, the, the killer teacher is pretty short. Fuck. Isn't it? You're just spoiling the whole thing, aren't you? I've just reminded you. If you listen to this, you expect spoilers. I mean, we spoiled well, everything. Well, this might, you know, you've got to think like every podcast might be somebody's first one. I understand. Yeah. I apologise. Is... But what you can do is run the podcast the while professionalism, you're watching the movie. The professionalism is lacking here. Okay? You need to lift your game. Fucking hell. <laughs> we're, 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 we're not vibing at the moment. <laughs> the last uh, dislike that I had on my list, although I think it's the best story... Is spoilers. Be careful. Spoilers. Professional. <laughs> the the werewolves out of Paquin's one. Yeah. My favourite scene again with when the Marilyn Manson music is playing. What I didn't understand was um, all the chicks are just turning to werewolves along with Anna Paquin, from what I can tell. But all the blokes that they took along to seemingly do the same thing that Anna Paquin was doing. They've all been taunted. They've all been done already. So I didn't really get that. That was, I kind of, again, minor. I was happy to suspend the disbelief. I still enjoy the story. I think the idea was they'd already killed them, but they weren't werewolves at the time, and then the full moon came out. Is that the... Yeah, well, I think that was the idea, but then what's the point? Because I thought she had to be a werewolf to get amongst all that. (laughs) Come on. Well, where's the fun? You're more effective as a werewolf. Yeah, of course, but... But this was the first time, wasn't it? Oh, Jesus. I, I don't look, know. I didn't get that. I didn't get it either. But if you've thrown but, that curveball. But it was my favourite story. Yeah. I look, I overlooked that and I thought that was the that was the best story for me. Oh, Even I agree. Though, actually, sorry, I said that was the last dislike. Second last dislike. Going back to that story a second time, fuck, they made it obvious. And I don't know how I didn't pick up on it the first time mm-hmm. around. But slapping you around the head with lines like, oh, mum always said she was the run to the litter. Yeah. And, um, and uh, there, was, there was three or four lines where I just thought, fuck, they may as well have just held up a sign or something. And of course, I was too stupid to get it. Let's face it, but then the kicker is, that she's dressed as Red, Red Riding, Red Riding Hood, yeah, but yeah. she's the wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How fucking obvious could they make it? And I sat there just... Oh, what's that going with your popcorn, scratching hey, your what, balls and not what's thinking? What's happening here? My head was doing the Homer Simpson. <laughs> hey. hey! Oh, shit, she's a werewolf. <laughs> who, did, who saw that coming? Who saw that coming? Not me. Yeah. Yeah, look. Look, I'm a little bit smarter these days. Overall, <laughs> only a little bit, mate. Just Going to uni bit. doesn't make you fucking smart. Yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> Overall, a very good movie. Yeah, love it. Very well accomplished film. And it's very disappointing that it kind of didn't make any... Make any cash? No, it didn't make any headway. But I guess the fact that it's got a sequel might well maybe. I, that it's I, had I, a I read up a... on the sequel, and I don't I don't know if it's quite. I'm pretty sure happening it's just yet. Well, I know for a fact that I read an interview today about the comic that is done. Oh yeah, the comic coming but... out shortly. But the, they're talking like it's the lead up to the sequel. So the sequel is is in the works, mate. Well, this this Michael Doherty's also putting out that Krampus. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually think, as far as I'm aware, I don't know... Uh, look, I think you need to check your sources because I'm questioning your professionalism here. No. But... Uh, you can go uh, fucking uh, deeply into it. I mean, it's not like I read everything there was. Um, I was I think, work for I think sake, the sequels, Let me do that. <laughs> 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 I think the sequel's coming out before the Krampus. Oh, is it? I think so. 
The Krampus has got a trailer and everything. What's going on? Oh, fuck. Maybe it's... Oh, maybe the professional is in Maybe it's hot on the heels. No, but, um, but, but, you know, look, I've, as I said, I read the interview today, just today. Mate, you don't know what fucking day the, it is. <laughs> what are you talking about? You didn't even know there was a comic. <laughs> Shit. But I read, I read the interview with the fellow that wrote the comic, and he's talking that it's the lead up to the sequel. Okay. And everything else I read indicated that the sequel's basically... On the way. On the way. Okay. Well, I'll take that at the moment. Yeah. Don't uh, just, if the sequel doesn't come out, <laughs> I'm deleting this podcast. Yeah, uh, okay, okay, yeah. I'll come back to the Christmas podcast and give you a fucking <laughs> roasting, you prick. What All are right. we watching for Christmas? Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Rare Escort? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, the one with all the, just the, yeah, the 55 the minutes. Yeah, half <laughs> Classic. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, mate. It's fucking, mm-hmm. yeah. We're at Halloween at the moment. Well, look, I'm just, as I said, I'm a little bit upset that you, uh, you're dragging the podcast down with your lackadaisical approach, oh. <laughs> and I feel that maybe I might just have to take a break until Piss Christmas. off. So. Bloody hell. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with a little quick discussion about anthology horror. We talked during our discussion about Trick or Treat about our in our sort of love for anthology horror. And we do like the anthology horror films. I mean, I certainly remember going back to the day of Creepshow. Creepshow 2 is a seminal fucking movie in my life. Well. When I was in high school, uh, sorry, in primary school. Was it primary school or high school? Well, I think... Possibly watching those movies in primary school might be might explain what I'm seeing next to now. I think I was in year seven. <coughs> so what was that? Fourteen. About that. Fuck, mum and dad, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they didn't know how to unscrew the VCR. Like, you, 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 you knew your way around. They couldn't locate pornography. You know, like other fucking tapes. <laughs> So, yeah, they weren't exactly switched on. The ball wasn't exactly fucking, you know, banging around everywhere. <coughs> I watched it at a sleepover. It was one of the early horror films that I'd seen. And I fucking loved it. Yeah. I loved Creepshow 2. Watching it again, <laughs> it's probably not quite as good as I remember it. No, I mate. really enjoyed We've all the made our mistakes. I really enjoyed Sometimes They Come Back, as I mentioned last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. I really enjoyed the raft. The, the raft, raft is, is excellent because it's a, it's a really self-contained story and it's got yeah. a kicker at the end. It's still works. good, mate. Uh, Old Chief Woodenhead. Yeah, eh, it's all right. It. Nah, it's all right. The, the one that I don't like is the Hitchhiker. Yeah, that sucks. You know, who I found that DVD for two bucks at the reject shop. Did you? Yeah. So what you're saying? That's is why you... I bought it. Two bucks at the reject shop. Yeah. Well, I'm start looking around the reject shop a bit more often. <laughs> My problem with anthology horror at the moment is there seems to be a... Uh, we're pulling away from classic anthology horror, which mm. which the things like the Tales from the Crypts and the, the Creep Shows and the, the, you know, even TV shows like you said before, Twilight Zone, things like that, 
We're pulling away from that. Yeah. And we're going down the route of things like VHS, which, yeah, they're, they're self-contained, they're short stories, but they're all found footage, found I think. Found footage and things, yeah. Which I think takes away from that. Because, again, found footage horror is hard sometimes to get a coherent story using that device. Yeah, I think it... When think, you've only got 25 minutes to work with, you, it's even less coherent. I think you're, I think you're right. I think of. Although I'll, I'll give those ones a chance, and I'm happy to see them because it's anthologies in some form, I prefer the more traditional sort of approach to it. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah, ta- taking the found footage makes it a, a bit a bit tougher. Because you've got to... With and found footage ABCs horror, of Death is the other big yeah, one. Yeah, well, that's, that's even ABCs harder. Of death, yeah, because they're such short stories. They're like two minutes or yeah. something like that. And yeah. really, you can... You, you, you struggle in 15 minutes... Well, 20 minutes, some of these anthology stories have real problems. Yeah, and that is that is the big the big issue with them at the moment. They're the two big anthologies that are going and getting sequels and stuff at the moment. Yeah. And, and they're just, they're, they're a fair departure from what I... What, I, I, what I would consider, consider anthology horror. Yeah. You know, we had a bit of a look at a list here and, and you know, you got things like Body Bags, which was a John Carpenter anthology horror from the 90s, I think. It wasn't one of the better ones. But the creep shows, the first creep show was good, I believe. Yeah. Cat's Eye, we talked about it last week. Yeah. Cat's Eye's got a couple of really good stories in it. The C's are a real high point here. Two creep oh, shows totally. and Cat's Eye. Cat's Eye is, yeah, I, I, I agree. Cat's Eye is probably uh, half of the stories are pretty good. And then you've got Creep Show 3. Ooh. Just to let people know, Creepshow 3 seems to have no connection with any of the Creepshows. Romero, King, Tom Savini, all those people have nothing to do with it. It was made Mm. like fucking 20 years after Creepshow 2. Yeah, it was straight to DVD about, what, seven or eight years ago? And quite frankly, the first story makes no fucking sense. I don't know. I think I checked out by then. Yeah, I had. (laughs) One story in, I was like, Jesus. From a whisper to a scream, is that the one that you have? No. You said you had it? No, Dead of Night. Dead of Night, It's okay. the old the old one from the 50s or 60s. 50s, I think what's that like? One. Uh, it was all right. I think it, it's famous for the ventriloquist dummy. It almost kicked off that whole sort of living doll mm. thing. But, yeah, worth a look, I guess, as a, if, you, if you want to check check out. If you're interested in the anthology horror, work, worth a look. Yeah. From a whisper to a scream, was that the so one? I'm pretty Vincent sure I've seen Thomas. it, yeah, and he's on the cover, he's holding his yeah, head. Yeah, his head, yeah. Yeah, I have seen it. I uh, can't say I remember it. We'd no. Probably suggest I it's don't not think one of it's great. one that was great. No. I believe Campfire Tales was also another one that it floated around yeah, I've on, seen on that. DVD because I think it had one of the girls out of Sopranos. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen that. And it was also another one that was a little bit flat. Yep. I think that's part of the problem with anthology horror that they're not coming back is because half of them are no bloody good. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them. Have one good story. See, I guess that's the problem with anthology. You got one really good story, but then you got two on the other side of it that don't work. But see, this is exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about some of the high points in the genre being two out of four of the stories are, are pretty good. Yeah, and you know, you get another one or two that that hold you, hold your interest. Mm. That'll do me. Yeah. Um, Trick or treat is is one of the top. Top yeah. ones because it's you know all four of them held my interest. I consider three out of the four to be really good. So yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's a tough nut to crack this one. This tales from the hood. Uh, I haven't seen it. I believe that might have had um, 
Snoop Dogg in it? Didn't he introduce? Perhaps. I think he introduced. Yeah, yeah, he was involved in some capacity, I think. Yeah, look, anthology's a difficult one to discuss because there really isn't a lot out there now. Mm. Like, we, we, for me, Tales from the Dark Side, Tales from the Crypt, and Creepshow. They're the ones you still really see really my, my knowledge of this type of yeah, area. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the, ta- the, the Tales from the Crypts and those sort of ones, they're almost like, in a way, they're almost... Uh, sorry, creep shows and tales from the dark side. They're almost like an episode of the TV show, but just shorter. Yeah. Because most of the time the stories aren't connected like they are in Trick or Treat. They're yeah. just sort of standalone. So yeah, it's. I mean, I, I hang out for this sort of stuff, but we're not getting a lot of it. It doesn't look like we're going to get much more of it, especially in that sort of manner, unless somebody decides to revive Tales from the Crypt or Creep Show or any of those sort of ones. Yeah. Preferably not the same people that revived Creep Show three. No, no. I would prefer we went Stay back out to of the. To a more um, uh, better filmmakers. Possibly. So, what about TV? TV. TV is where there's a bit of a strength to it, I think. Mate, let me tell you something. Alfred Hitchcock presents. That was the kind of anthology type of show. Yeah. There was this episode that I'll never forget. Woman gets raped in a home by a unknown assailant. Um, she the police can't do anything. Like she can't seem to they can't seem to find him. She's driving home with her husband. She sees a guy going across the road to his, into a parking garage. She says, it's him. That was him. That's the guy. Husband goes, right, fuck this. Parks on the side of the road. Goes into the um, uh, parking garage. Tracks the guy down. Kills him in his car. Basically strangles him to death in his car. Comes back out. Gets back in the car. Says, it's all taken care of. It's fine. And he starts driving off and she starts going, it's him, it's him, it's him. Mm. And I thought that was fucking awesome. Like, I really enjoyed yeah. that. I thought that was a really cool way of doing it. And that's exactly what we're talking about, the kicker. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's hard to look past the Twilight Zone. Yeah. And I think the Twilight Zone is the gold standard for obvious reasons. So many sort of classic episodes. I mean, I think back to something like Time Enough at Last, which is just that real sort of kick in the balls. That was the one where um, Burgess Meredith was playing the guy that loved to read. Yeah. Um, but he sort of, everyone uh, was always kicking him and, you know, telling him to do this and do that and he never had enough time to read his books or whatever. And then there's sort of this post-apocalyptic thing that he escapes because he's down in the bloody basement or the bunker or whatever. And then he's kind of happy that everyone else is dead because he's got enough time to read his books and then he drops his glasses and steps on them. Like, yeah. just classic stuff like that that are just like the real kick in the balls, the real twist ending. The Twilight Zone is the gold standard for that. There's so yeah. many episodes. Even the downer episodes, you, you sort of get a bit of enjoyment out of them, but the real good episodes, I mean, it's, what, nearly 60 years yeah. or more past that, and they are still they still hold up. Yeah, and I think if you're looking for anthology stuff, I think TV is probably where you go. TV is where you go. Old school yeah, TV. Yeah. You look back on some of that stuff. Look at some of that. You look at the Alfred Alfred Hitchcock. Old um, Tales from the Crypt. Even yeah. things like um, the, the Hitcher. I believe the Hitcher TV show is quite good. Yeah. Um, and and the, the Twilight Zone revivals. You get a few gems out of there. Like that's the. I think I agree. I think that's the place to go. I would really love to see a Twilight Zone revival, and I think it's going to happen eventually because it's just one of those properties that seems to come back and back. Yeah. Um, there's a Twilight Zone comic out at the moment that's quite good. Yeah. So I'd like to see that again. I think that's the gold standard, but uh, 
Movies. Give us a couple more movies too. I'm yeah, I would like to see if Trigger Treat Two is in the works, as you say. It is. Trust um, me. Trust we. Me. I would really like to see that because I think it'd be a nice return. Yep. All right, we'll take our last break. Then I'm going to come back. We'll talk about what we're going to cover next, and I'm going to drop a bombshell. Bombshell. Fuck. Hang on in. <laughs> Next episode, action. We're back on the action train, but we've got two options here. Steven Seagal in The Glimmer Man. Just a little bit of powdered deer penis. Or Chuck Norris, Silent Rage. Chuck Norris must destroy him. We're going to flip a coin, or if you'd like to get involved, send us an email, through me at ionet.net.au. The way we go um, through piles of emails, you'll probably be the only one who. Yeah. If, if you put Quite it out frankly, there, if you put one in, you'll probably tip you'll the probably scale. tip the scale. So keep that in mind, please. Keep that in <laughs> mind. Now the bombshell I was going to drop. We covered Cobra a couple of weeks back. Oh yeah, yeah. It turns out I've bought Cobra <laughs> rather than hired it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going through my iTunes um, films the other day, and I thought. What the fuck's Cobra still doing here? This should have gone by now. I've realised, yep, you paid six bob for that. Can I just say, uh, I believe it was about 15 minutes back, you called me a fucking moron. <laughs> you own Cobra. Mate, let me tell you something, who's mate. The, who's the fucking moron? I am going to fucking watch that movie several times. I'm getting my money's worth. Six dollars worth. I have to watch it three more times. <laughs> <laughs> At a minimum to get my money back. I'd say that. Twenty. Oh man. <laughs> oh, Martin Cabretti. The, the 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 tales of Marion Cabretti. Fuck me, drunk. I'm gonna have to watch that a few times. But but you can get to see that montage again with the robots and the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and him yeah. walking the streets, yanking out fucking homeless yeah, people yeah. and threatening anyone that looks you know a little bit dirty and yeah. homeless. All right. That's the end of the episode. Keep listening to the podcast. Throw us a line at the email on our email address if you'd like to give us some hints as to what we should watch out of those two sterling films that I've mentioned. For or next some week. hints about how to run a podcast. Uh, possibly anything at all would be helpful. Uh, but until then, keep listening to the podcast. Download as many episodes as you can. We love your um, everyone out there who's listening to us. And until then, catch you later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.